Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger coming to you from a motor inn in Colac as we prepare for stage one of the men's Herald Sun Tour. Um, unfortunately, this is going to have to be fast and dirty as I give you a quick rundown of what happened in the women's and a very, very brief preview of um, what's coming up in the men's. Um, so in the women's, it was Brody Chapman uh, who took out the win riding for the Quartermanth national team. Obviously, it's been a great summer for Brody. She started it off with uh, Nationals performance, which I think was sixth, and then uh, backed it up in Kittadal Evans Road Race, where she was in that front group there and uh, finished up 15th. Um, she went out on the attack early in the race um, over the first QOM uh, um, with about 70 kilometres to go. Um, took the QOM points and was out the front for a while until a chasing group of about 12 bridged over to her and... Um, she was able to get some respite there, sit in a bit, um, have Tiff Cromwell drive the brake. And uh, the real the real thing with that brake was that there was only one Mitchell and Scott rider in it, uh, Janelle Crooks. So Mitchell and Scott had to then um, get back on the front and drive, which was mostly Gracie Elvin and Jess Allen, both of whom were coming back um, to the peloton after a crash. Uh, they, drove the, they drove the group into the base of the final climb near Healesville. Um, and at the base of the climb, it was about a 1 minute 20, 1 minute 15 sort of gap. Um, it had been brought down from about 2.5 minutes at its biggest point. And it looked like at that stage the break was going to be caught. Um, the DS of Wow Deals, who was, whose car I was in, um, said, yes, the winner is in this group. Uh, sorry, that's my Dutch accent. And um, referring to the peloton. So we had the lights of Kat Garfoot, Lucy Kennedy, Annemiek van Vluten, um, all in there, so it looked like, you know, um, on a longish sort of climb, um, that they were going to be able to haul that break back in. But uh, Brody Chapman hit out again, uh, got a quick got a quick gap on um, on the rest of her previous compatriots in that group, and went over the climb first, despite some uh, strident attacking behind from Kat Garfoot and Lucy Kennedy in particular, um, though they were brought back by the summit, so it was a big chasing group. Uh, one rider, Katrin Harms, um, in in between Chapman and that chasing group, and Chapman herself only had maybe thirty seconds on the on the big chasing group going over. Um, over the top, Annemiek van Vluten uh, attacked on the downhill. Well, essentially just going over the top of the climb and then just powered her way away on the downhill. Cat Garfoot tried to go across to her but didn't manage it. And Van Vluten just went away, descended like a stone and was making up time um, seemingly... Um, well, she caught Catchley in Harms pretty quickly and then dropped her and was continuing on her way over to Chapman. Um, but she made very little inroads and Chapman was able to hold her off the last... You know, Probably the last six or seven kilometres was flat, um, and the descent was, you know, much of a muchness. They're both very good descenders. Um, so it ended up being that um, Chapman was able to hold off by 12 seconds, uh, not quite 12 seconds, eight seconds, because there was a um, difference in bonuses, um, 10 seconds versus six seconds for coming first and second. So she was leading by 12 seconds going into the final prologue, um, well, the final prologue would be a time trial, I suppose. And she won, uh, Anna McVan Volution won that with a time of 2.09, I think. And uh, Chapman, of course, being the leader, was the next one to come in. And she managed to win with a uh, time of 2.16, I think, giving herself a few seconds to spare there. Um, 
The interviews that you'll hear coming up are from Gracie Elvin, who unfortunately had a crash on that stage and then had to come back and work hard for her teammates. And then we'll go to an interview with Annemiek van Vluten, uh, talking about how, how it was chasing out there on the road. And, of course, Brody Chapman as well, who's, you know, this is the biggest win of her career so far. So, so yeah, all really good interviews. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have a massive amount of time to edit everything because we're, you know, <laughs> a bit time poor at the moment. So, yeah, um, please regard these interviews with a bit of patience. Um, of course, as always, we are sponsored by Out of the Rat Race um, Cycling Apparel, who provides sustainable, great-looking, pro-level kit. And for every uh, jersey you buy, they'll plant five trees uh, to the reforestation project, which um, I think plants trees in as varied places as Madagascar, New Zealand, that sort of thing. So, yeah, make sure you jump on and check them out at www.com.au. Okay, straight into the interviews now. So here with Gracie Elvin. Um, Gracie, a bit of a an up and down uh, stage for you yesterday. I mean, obviously uh, you crashed on that descent there, and then came back and played a really big part in trying to get the race back to uh, parity, essentially. Yeah, it was um, a bit of an eventful day for me, so it wasn't ideal to crash, and I actually went off the road down the embankment. So I'm pretty lucky to walk away from that relatively unscathed and then having to ride the group back with Jess and I on the front to set up Lucy and Annemiek was pretty hard but it was worth it because we really trusted them on that long climb and um, the girls did a great job and didn't quite get Brody in the end and it was a very classy win for her so we were still happy for her as well. Yeah in the end it was just that um, it was just that Brody happened to be stronger strong enough to hold on for the break because you did enough um, in chasing it down to bring it back bring back everyone else except for her so I mean in a sense the plan the plan worked from your perspective. Yeah for sure we weren't given much information out on the road so we didn't actually know until a little bit after the top of the climb that she was still away on her own I think the girls thought they'd caught everyone in that group so uh, we did go full gas to chase before the climb and, and on the climb and after the climb with Annemiek on her own but um, I think maybe there was a few things that we could have done better if we'd known Brody was still up the road but at the end of the day she was having a super good day and I think she probably was going to win either way so good on her. <laughs> and the entire Australian summer I mean it's it's good to see it growing isn't it I mean a few years ago we didn't have events like uh, the Herald Sun Tour certainly Sant- Santos Women's Tour Down Under or uh, Cadells I mean it's very it's very different from when you know a few years ago. Yeah for sure it's like it's packed now like we it's actually hard to do it all but no it's it's fantastic and all the racing is really great the organization is getting better and better for each race so we love to keep seeing it improving and seeing the coverage improving but in terms of international standard I think it's ahead of a lot of races from overseas. And uh, for you now I mean your season starts almost again I mean there's a little little uh, break until uh, Het Newsbad I think is the next race on the calendar. Yeah that's right so I'm going to be heading to Europe in a couple of weeks and then get ready for the classics with Het Newsblad to start and they've changed the course for that so it's a bit harder again so I'm, I'm really excited for that we get to race up the Mur. <laughs> and we get to see you at the Tour of Flanders going for the win again hopefully. I think so, yeah. I think we've got a really strong team going into that, Nat, with our new rider, Yolene Dorr, and also myself, Anna Meek, and a couple of the other girls on our team. Everyone stepped up from last year, so we're all really excited for that one, but especially me. <laughs> okay, best of luck for the Michelin Scots throughout the year. Thank you. Cheers. So, you went at the top of the climb up around here, and I think it might have been close to a minute, maybe 50 seconds to Brody. 
and you got close and close and close. Did you think you were going to get her? Yeah, sure, I was thinking to get her because uh, that was my goal. I want to win here. But um, uh, I didn't know actually who were in front. I didn't know there was a group in front. So when I catch one of the girls, like Hammers, I think, from tracks, I still didn't know. And then I heard like there was still one more in front. So, uh, but I just did give everything. And yeah, I, every on every small rise, I felt like, oh, I have to go here like super hard. Try, this is the spot to make up sometimes and I did come really close but uh, no I get I give totally everything to tomorrow is a sure time trial but today I had already a 20 kilometer time trial you just say you could see her in some parts of the yeah some parts I could see her yeah you were flat on your back over here at the finish you, yeah you I tried it. to sit on top of my saddle and being as aerodynamic as possible and um, I was thinking already to m this this morning, like I will wear my aero suit, my aero helmet, my most aerodynamic wheels because I was a bit prepared for this scenario. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Getting an extend, downhill mountain biker down a hill proved a pretty tough task. Um, yeah, but I'm so also myself not a bad descender, so it was not very technical descent. So I think it was more this uh, to push what we had still power on the, in the leg. So uh, it was a, a descent that was just. Yeah, to push and pedal still. And you did get that gap quite quickly when you decided to go. Um, did you sort of look back and think, okay, I've got it now? Uh, no, I did not look uh, very back at all. I think uh, Captain Garford and Lucy Kennedy were both the strongest out there on the climb. And I felt, okay, then when we're just on the top, like, hey, this is the moment I go. And uh, yeah, they looked at each other and uh, I, I didn't look back. I just they went full gas from the top of the climb gas and uh, and just yeah give everything I had. With the time bonuses, I think the gap is 12 seconds. Now tomorrow's only 1.6 kilometers. Yeah. They haven't done you any favors. They've shortened it by 500 meters. Yeah. Is there any hope? Do you think? No. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will give everything. So you never know what's. Uh, it's still a bike race, and uh, but I will give everything to win tomorrow. And I'm very proud to wear my rainbow jersey. So that's today the, the bonus of getting second, that I can wear my rainbow jersey. Uh, but yeah, 12, 12 seconds in 1.6, and I think she has to walk. So uh, yeah. And you've looked utterly spent after both the Cadell's race and this race. Um, obviously, you're not in your top form at the moment. That's later in the season. But you're still putting in a, a massive amount of effort in every race. Yeah, I really love it to race and really love to race with the team and especially on this course today we could really make a good race. I think it was really, really good race, racing out there today with a lot of action and uh, yeah, I, just, I don't, I, I always like to race and uh, go hard and uh, to play the race but I, my, my team I don't like to pedal to the finish so um, yeah, I think um, this course really suited me to uh, to race with my team and I love it here to be out with Australia. It was aggressive, wasn't it? Like I broke up yeah. in the first climb yeah. and then obviously before it even got to here, yeah. it was groups all over the road. Yeah, there was a lot of attacks going on already from the start. So uh, uh, yeah, I think that, that was, it was a really good race today for the, yeah, it was really, I enjoyed it actually. There was a bit of bad luck out there for you guys as well though. I mean, Gracie and um, Jessica Allen are yeah. going down in the crash there. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit prepared for uh, because the road surface was a bit wet, so I really wanted to be the first one in the descent. So uh, yeah, I was pretty safe to go safe down. But yeah, unfortunately they came down, and uh, that's why also crazy just straight away go um, to help to close the gap because otherwise she could have. Yeah, we had another plan with Gracie, but I think after the crash she did not feel 
well anymore. So she switched and helped us to, to close the gap. So uh, yeah, it was a really good team effort today. Yeah, but that uh, breakaway going up the road with just Janelle Crooks in it, I mean, obviously that's not an ideal situation where yeah. one one rider versus like 11 others. Yeah, no, that's true. So that's uh, Jessica Allen and, and Crazy did both together. It's an amazing job to bring that back and to yeah, the only think of one, uh, one minute when they started to climb. So then they were still in control to win the race. So uh, yeah, it was a really good team effort today. I think the level gets every uh, year gets higher and higher, and uh, especially because now also with the Hirotsen Tour, like more teams come over. I think also the Dutch team with Biodeals are here. Uh, things makes more beautiful, and um, yeah, I think it's the, all the racers are stepping up, and it's beautiful that also this Hirotsen Tour is now also uh, organized for women. Thanks, Anna Mike. Thanks, Thanks Anna. Cheers. Is, is this as good as it's got for you, do you think? Is this stuff at the peak of it? That's, well, I hope there's more races to do, but in my short career, yes, yes, this is the peak. Was it almost disbelieving, or were you, were you a confident person? Or were you, I mean, no one less than the World Time Trial Champ was breathing down your neck there for the last 20k? I think it was good that I didn't know it was the World Time Trial Champ, and retrospectively, uh, it makes me nervous. But when you're out there, you don't have time to be thinking about not like not doing the best you can like I, I just have to talk to myself so much throughout that you know so yeah. why has it clicked this summer for you? sorry why has it clicked this I've just summer? had many opportunities taken away through injury and life and so when I do get a chance I want to give it the best I can talk to us about those closing stages when you finally saw the gantry you knew that it wasn't too far I was just like you got this keep pedaling <laughs> You're almost there. Just just ride as hard as you can because then you get to stop at the finish line. So, yeah. Can, can you talk us through, I mean, it was a pretty exciting thing to actually get the spot on the team and then to get the spot on the team, race with these amazing riders and get the win? Absolutely. Look, I know there was, you know, three of us in the team that were all very strong climbers. So, you know, when I went in the first QOM, I thought, well, at least if they come back to me in the second one, we can shoot off another one. But the knowledge and experience collectively in that team is just so invaluable. And the fact that we've come together for this one race, uh, is it's, it's worked so well. I couldn't thank them enough. Like when Tiff came across to me after I was riding out there by myself for a while, I was so relieved because she was our road captain and she just tells it how it is. And I couldn't have thanked her enough, to be honest. Yeah. Digital content provider? What's the I've got an Instagram. Terminal? Oh, what do I do for yeah, work? Yeah, you're bike exchange. Oh yeah. So I work for Bike Exchange. I'm the digital content editor. Did so you have to get some time off for this? I did. I had to I had to get some time off. So I'm very thankful to my colleagues Taylor and Dave for picking up my slack <laughs> while I go race bikes. <laughs> you have to put the annual leave request for me. I did like two nights ago and I was yeah. answering some emails this morning. So yeah. <laughs> I've been picking up your slack. I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone at work, like you can't. Everything has to align. You know, you can't just go and do what you want all the time. It affects everyone else. So, uh, cycling tips and bike exchange, my place of work, have been nothing but so supportive of this. And I know they all love riding bikes as much as me. So it's it's so nice. Yeah. And how much did your downhill skills help you there? Mm, there wasn't any super gnarly corners, so I, but I had to just have a good time. That's all you got to do. Like, just have a good time. 12 seconds. You wear this now. Yeah. You'll be wearing it later on tomorrow. Do you think is that enough? It's only 1.6k. Obviously, you never say never. What do you think? 
let's let's see what happens tomorrow. Anamik is a damn good bike rider, and um, I'm just gonna go as fast as I can for two k's. And uh, yeah, we'll see. It'll be exciting. Um, we've seen you this summer. I mean, obviously come out of seemingly nowhere. I mean, riding mm. for a CDR and um, doing a great ride at nationals, and now coming here and doing this ride. Um, obviously, it hasn't come out of nowhere for you, though. I mean, talk us through that preparation for this. It, yeah, so last year I had a ACL reconstruction and then not long after I got better, a little bit better from that I got hit by a car and broke my collarbone and separated my AC joint and so it gives you that like, uh, you just feel so beat down and I'm like I just got to give it everything and what it is is I just ride my bike a lot, I check in with myself a lot, I have a lot of really good mentors around me uh, who believe in me so I just you know given the opportunities especially with Cordamentha, um, CBR and Holden everyone that's kind of adopted me um, has been very valuable so it, I understand it looks like I've come out of nowhere but given the time I had off and the opportunities aren't always there so I'm super thankful to be able to do something with my legs finally yep <laughs> and your plans now for the rest of the year I want to go race bikes overseas I just want to race bikes more. <laughs> well, I was in the car with the Wow Deals guy and he said, uh, does she have a team? <clears throat> and I said, yeah, a small Australian team. <laughs> you know what? I rode, got to ride with Mariana Voss not long ago at the Cycling Tips Giro della Donna and that was one of the greatest things to sit down at dinner at her and ride up those climbs with her and, uh, you know, to be able to ride in a team like Marianne Voss's team would be a dream come true and I know she's a good chick we both rode mountain bike pedals up that hill that day <laughs> and um yeah you know I, there's a lot hopefully some opportunities come my way now thank you On to the men's now, and it looks like it's going to be a very different race this year without Team Sky present and uh, bossing things around at the front of the peloton. Um, and we'll just jump really quickly into exactly what uh, the riders are going to be facing on these stages out here. Um, so they've done the 1.6 individual time trial already, the prologue around uh, from Alexandra Gardens all the way down South Bank there. Um, the course changed up a bit from last year, a bit less technical and uh, more for the real power guy which I think was reflected in the results. You saw um, lots of track guys like Ed Clancy winning, um, Lassen Norma Hansen up there uh, in third, and Alex Edmondson, I think, was um, ended up in fourth or fifth there. So um, that's the sort of rider who did very well there, and it was incredibly tight up the top. I think it was less than a second separating the top four there. Um, Ed Clancy, by the way, great in interview. Um, unfortunately, there's a bit of sound around it, so I can't really... Um, inflict it upon your ears, but he's a, a tremendous guy to interview, and I suggest you go out and check out. Um, yeah, well, I didn't. I did a piece on him certainly, but for Cycling Central. But you can check out um, the interview in numerous other places, no doubt, because it's yeah, it's a good one and well worth reading. Um, so he'll wear the yellow jersey coming into the opening. The first stage from Colac to Warrnambool, it's 161.6 kilometres and the main feature of it is probably the Great Ocean Road um, going along there and the peloton will be quite exposed to the winds along the coast and I think it's going to break up the race quite significantly. Um, the thing was in past years we've had Team Sky here who have been very keen to control things and maybe the stages also haven't lent themselves to breaking up that much as well. Um, but if you look at previous editions, I mean, almost always the first few stages, there's a big break in and a big split in the peloton, which ends up with um, a lot of the 
a, a lot of the um, riders being kicked out of the back and only a select few going for the win in the end. Um, yeah, so it should be a very windy stage and I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes and I think it'll fit thin the field down decisively. On to the second stage, which is Warrnambool to Ballarat. Um, doesn't actually finish in Ballarat. Finishes on the national course in Bunningyong, and they go over Mount Bunningyong uh, once and do the old loop. So not going through the Federation Uni there. They're going through Gear Avenue and doing that sort of loop back down to the main finish in Bunningyong there. Um, should be one for the uh, sort of stronger sprinters. I mean, there's a fair little ascent up to... Uh, Bunning Yong there. I mean, it's sort of flat open roads with a lot lot of straight in them as well. Um, so I think we'll see uh, some of the stronger sprinters get up there for the win. Uh, it's a 198.6-kilometre it's a stage, so, yeah, fairly long for this uh, part of the year, and uh, and especially some of the NRS riders won't have ridden too, too much in that sort of range, and uh, the World Tour riders won't exactly be necessarily ready for doing these long distances. Um, the third stage is a 218-kilometre stage, so even further, um, from Jerry Ryan's Mitchelton Winery. So um, we'll be, I'm sure the Mitchelton Scott boys will be keen to be putting on a good showing going out of there. And it finishes up Lake Mountain, and this is very much a stage for Mitchelton Scott. Um, I'd expect to see their climbers like Damien Housen, defending champion, of course, um, Esteban Chavez, uh, Lucas Hamilton, um, all, all those big names just really... Um, try and use their numbers essentially to um, create as much panic in the peloton as well. I mean, it depends on what the race situation is going in there, but um, I'd say it's unlikely they'd be in yellow. Um, yeah, so the climb itself is very hard over the first 4.5 kilometres, it's about 8%. So I think we'll see a thinning down of numbers in that, and then it kind of uh, plateaus out a bit. So it's not actually too hard to the top from there, and it's uh, it's a bit of an easier climb from there on. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens after that initial section. Maybe you get a few guys going away, um, but if you don't, I think we'll see that Mitchell and Scott have the numbers in that um, selection at the top of the top of the hard bit of Lake Mountain, and then they'll try and use their numbers from there to uh, isolate the other leaders and get some riders up the road. Um, the final stage is 152 kilometres. Um, around King Lake. We saw this loop last year and yeah, it, prov it provided some entertaining racing. Um, it's not super hard to climb. I mean, we saw that um, Damien Housen was able to stick to Chris Froome when he uh, attacked, so it's not as selective as it might as it might be, so bear that in mind when you're making your predictions, but it is um, a, an extra lap of that circuit this time, so maybe a bit more accumulated fatigue in the legs and maybe some more opportunity for attacking there. So, yeah, it's probably it's probably it's probably going to be decided. I'd say the GC going to that stage, bar any ridiculous moves, and I think we'll see it as a good stage for the opportunists, uh, somebody like Osiris Monk, um, or the you know attackers on uh, the other teams like Ryan Thomas. Um, I'm sure there's a million names I could go ahead and mention here as well. I mean, a lot of the Pro Conti teams will be looking at that stage as well because they've got some very good climbers in there and attacking sort of riders. Um, apart from that, I think we're just ready to wrap up. Um, we're certainly about to leave. Ze Zeb Woodpower's leaving out the door as I speak. Um, Zeb, you got any picks for any picks for the overall GC? Lucas Hamilton. Lucas Hamilton from Zeb. Um, that's a bold prediction. Uh, Mitchell and Scott letting their 
Neo Pro off the leash early. But um, yeah, I've, I've got no idea who wins. I just put Zeb on the spot. So, <laughs> um, anyway, hopefully you catch up with this and also make sure you catch up with Out of the Rat Race Cycling Apparel, um, our sponsors um, on www.com.au. Um, I'll leave you with a quick interview with Lionel Mordet, winner of the Tour of Tasmania, where we talked about the Lake Mountain stage and how that will affect the race. Also a bit about him and the dynamics at Quarterment, the national team. So I've managed to track down Lionel Mordet, um, on loan for the Quartermentha team from Inform uh, Bank there, and uh, he's just he's just uh, in the middle of his pre pre race ritual. So uh, um, Lionel, good to good to see you here on the start line of the time trial. Good to see you too, eh? Yeah, and uh, sorry, <laughs> and. Uh, big race for you I mean it's it's going to be really interesting how they're going up against some world tour teams um, some of the best other riders in Australia and a, and a climbing stage which is really suited towards you in that third stage up to Lake Mountain yeah absolutely this is the biggest race that I've done uh, my first UCI race um, I was a little bit disappointed with how it went at Nationals had a mechanical but um, I was a bit disappointed because I was really looking forward to testing myself and seeing where I measured up to these World Tour guys and luckily enough I've got the opportunity to do that this tour. And that long climb there, have you had a look at it before? Have you been out there and seen it at all? Uh, yeah, I headed out there earlier this week just to check it out, uh, do a short effort up there, just making sure that we're familiar with it, know what to expect. And it looks like it's going to be pretty hard for the first four or five kilometres or so, uh, maybe about eight-ish sort of percent and then uh, flatten out towards the top, it's a bit more steady from there on. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting how different teams go about it um, because in that early part there's not necessarily an opportunity for much of a draft but um, if you make it beyond that first sort of 4 or 5k uh, there's the gradients flatten out a fair bit more and I think the draft will, will be there and the speeds you're doing means that potentially anyone that's hung on to that stage to so the good guys will likely make it towards the end uh, with them still, I think. But it also puts it into maybe like Mitchell and Scott's wheelbarrow because they're, they're going to have more guys go over that uh, first bit first. Yeah, potentially. And with that uh, start being so hard, you can have you know a very select group of two or three riders that have uh, better watts per kilo than everyone else, uh, particularly at that stage in the race. Um, just ride away and no one will ever see them again but yeah it could be interesting because there's a lot of different ways that you could go about it. And you're on the same team as your nemesis from the Tour of Tasmania James William, um, how, how's it all coming together within the team environment? Um, I wouldn't say that we're nemesis at all, uh, we get along fairly well I think uh, done a couple of races together, a couple of local crits, uh, did Hawthorne a couple of weeks ago and um, yeah, I think we work together pretty well, so there's no issues there. When you're on the same team, you, you put all those differences aside and you, you race for the result together. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the season for Inform, what are we going to see you doing? Um, still the NRS circuit and uh, probably some VRS in there as well? Yeah, so we'll be doing all of the NRS races this year um, and we'll also do all of the VRS stuff. We're looking to do a short block in Europe um, and possibly an Asian race, uh, just a UCI race. 
Um, I think that's that's about all on Informs program or roster, but uh, I might end up doing uh, a little bit extra overseas with Skoda, who I rode with briefly last year. And what are your ambitions, if any, for this race? I mean, obviously it's a strong team. You've got guys who are more experienced um, than you are in there as well. I mean, how, how are you going to go about um, getting a result, do you think? Um, well, we've had our team discussions and uh, it all pan out through the week, but we've each got our targets and I think that they there's enough room in this team that everyone's targeting different stages and different uh, different things to get out of the tour. It'd be great to ride with those guys and get a bit of wisdom and experience off them. Um, but yeah, I think each of us is going to get our opportunities and it'll be a bit of a case of who's in the best position and... and yeah, each stage to take it as it comes. And a quick comment on Matt Ross's hairstyle at the moment. Um, Mo with a sort of I don't know, it's like a half mullet, half sweeping Fabio look. I mean, what are we? What are we? What's he going for? Uh, it's it's almost like a uh, just like a, a bit of a glorious glorious Australian old school style, isn't it? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, cheers, thanks, uh, Lionel, for your time. No worries, thanks, Ian.